Welcome to Drunk on Comics Podcast 294. One's here with Tony because this is his house. Yeah. <laughs> so he has to be here. <laughs> we had a fun episode this week. We kind of talked about three main things. Yeah. Batman. Yes, for sure. Always. Every day. Always about the bat. Spider-Man. Yeah. Spider-People. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> in Star Wars! Because next week is Star Wars week. Yes, looking forward to that. Yes. Can't wait to see that opening night. Yeah, it must be nice. <laughs> so glad that you invited me and I couldn't go. But uh, <laughs> we reviewed Doctor Strange 382 as well as Batman 36. And I reviewed Batman White Knight number three. Got a lot more into those three subjects and news and notes. Mm-hmm. So sit back, grab a drink, and enjoy Drunk on Comics Podcast 294. Women are the real superheroes. Have you, so you've never seen The Room. I've seen this room. <laughs> the movie The Room. I have not. I've been wanting to only because of the new movie. Disaster Artist with James Franco, which was hilarious. I saw it. But so The Disaster Artist is based on a book written by the guy who plays Mark in The Room, who's like the second oh, so it's not lead. even based on the making of the movie? Well, it is, is, because The Disaster Artist is a book written about the making of the movie by a guy that was part of it. Okay. So the guy who plays Mark, Greg, I think his real name is, Greg something, um, it's about how he meets this Tommy Wasau guy and their relationship and how they decide to write this movie and then make the making of the movie. And... The Room is a terrible movie. Like, it is so bad. It is so bad. What's what's it about? I mean, I'm it's assuming a, it's about a room. It's a, Well, it takes place in a room. Like The whole movie kind of does? Well, yeah, pretty much. Like, sometimes they go into another, like, the, <laughs> there's a lot of, they go into the bedroom and there's a couple sex scenes in the bedroom. Like, disgusting sex scenes. Like, they're not good Okay. At all. <laughs> but so, so sometimes they do leave the room and go, like, to the rooftop. So who knows why he chose to call it the room. But it's basically about this dude who's, like, so nice to everybody and he takes care of any, everybody. And his friends and his girlfriend all betray him. And it's his downward spiral due to betrayal. Okay. And there's just no plot to it whatsoever. It's like... Did- did tell me what what we why, why so? Did he make it? Like, is he? Did he write it? Yeah, he wrote okay. it, directed it, it, produced okay, it. Okay, so it's all so when they make fun of him, it yeah. is because of that. Yeah, okay. and suppose so. Like in the Disaster Artist, you learn that um, first of all, you never learn where Tommy Wiseau is from. He has this crazy accent that you don't know where it's from, but he keeps telling everybody he's from New Orleans, from the Bayou. He does not have that sort of accent. He sounds Russian or something. It's undisclosed. He will not tell anybody where he's from. Um, you don't know how old he is. He looks old. He's definitely older than us. 
Mm-hmm. But when anybody asks him how old he is, he's always like, oh, you know, I'm your age. Like, <laughs> <laughs> okay. And he also has so much money. Like, nobody knows where he gets all his money from. Like, the guy, in real life, this dude has a fuck ton of money. He spent over $6 million on this shitty-ass movie. <laughs> there are good movies that spend less on a budget than that. That's it's it's been so panned. That's I've never wanted to ever watch. Oh, the you movie. should so watch it. But ex- I feel like I need to in order to yes. understand the disaster artist. Yes, because it is and it is so bad that it's hilarious. Like you can't help but laugh at how terrible it is. Just the whole time you're watching it. But if you do get a chance to watch it with the riff tracks, um, that makes it, makes it way better too. Okay, we have to do that. <laughs> So yeah, that's what I did this weekend. Your good review. I, I also, you texted me, the, was it last week? The week you finally saw JL? Yes, I did. And uh, as I... <laughs> See, yeah. that's whatever everyone keeps telling me. Yeah. It uh, was all right. Yeah. It was okay. Which is, to be honest, is a, it's a general definition of it was okay. Right. However... What is not said in everyone saying it was okay is the many thoughts that they all have of how it could have been better. So, all right. So, I'll break it down for you. Here's here's my thoughts. Um, Barry Allen was awesome. Like, The Flash was the best part of that movie. They wrote him very well. Um, Wonder Woman was Wonder Woman. I mean, she was the heart of the movie, right? Nothing spectacular there. She played her part. Um... My favorite part of the whole movie was this terrible fight scene in the middle where after, spoiler alert, after they bring Superman back to life (laughs) (laughs) Um, and he wakes up and he's all confused and evil-y type, you're right, because he doesn't know what's going on and he sees Batman and he, you know, picks him up by the face and is hovering in the air and squeezing his face and he asks him if he bleeds, you know. Yeah. And... You're watching this and you're like, this is terrible because then you have Superman there and he's got his CGI mustache gone and stuff like that. And um, Lois shows up and he literally takes Batman and he just throws him over his shoulder like he's a piece of trash. And you hear the thump in the background of Batman hitting the ground. And I just started laughing for like five minutes about the whole thing because it was literally just like he like I'm done drinking this and he threw it behind him. Like, <laughs> but they actually go back to it later where they show Batman laying on the ground and he's like, I do think I'm bleeding. <laughs> but the, you could tell, because I think Jaws Whedon finished this movie, right? Zack Snyder had to quit pretty close to the end of it because of his personal tragedy in his life. So you can kind of see where Jaws Whedon infused some of his humor into it. Um, overall... You know, it was better than Batman versus Superman, I think. Um, there was probably a better story development they could have done. Well, one of the, I mean, for everyone that's still saying, oh, it was still good and stuff, financially it did not make what yeah. they, they wanted. And I'm hoping this finally tells them, hey, we need to shake things up, right. which is what they're doing right now. Uh, one of the big things with the movies that they have just announced uh, this past weekend going forward. Obviously, 
Uh, Wonder Woman 2 is right. is one. There's no title card of it saying Wonder Woman 2, so it's not going to probably be titled Wonder Woman 2. Right. Uh, Aquaman, obviously, is in post-production right now, so that's going to be coming out. Or, no, they still think filming some scenes, but uh, those two are definitely on the boot. But the ones that they've included is Flashpoint. Uh, I see, and I'm excited for that one because... They did Barry Allen so well in this and movie. And I think they that's they are using that to yeah. wipe away everything. You only kind of get to do that once before right. it's like you already did it. That they're using it so soon. Right. I really thought that they could have had a full set of, of like movies. And then erase them like that. And the, the moment that did. they were going to kind of... <laughs> and they didn't even they do a better right. job. Yeah. It's <laughs> like, we're going to repeat the same mistakes. Yep. Um... So that they're having to use that so quickly, and they, but Flashpoint, and we'll talk more about some thoughts on Flashpoint later on in news and notes, but just right now, Suicide Squad 2, Shazam, Batgirl, Green Lantern Corps, uh, The Batman, um, and Justice League Dark. Yeah. So those are our all getting the push forward. Justice League Dark, I bet. I hope they do that one right because those are. Well, I hope they do all these right. right. I don't want to see them fail, but right. the thing is, it's it's interesting that they are leaving out the other key members of Justice League, which is supposed to be their tentpole of this universe. Right. Like, there's no cyborg. Uh, Which I was not the cy the cyborg in Justice League was not remarkable to me like he didn't give me the same feeling that Barry Allen did but I didn't think it was that bad either I thought they for just introducing a character just like bloop here he is in the movie mm-hmm. I thought they did a pretty good job well there's also like talk of the there was the a Harley Quinn movie. Um, oh, yeah, the standalone? Yeah, and then there's the, the one... Sirens. Well, yeah, uh, Gotham City Sirens. There's yeah. also a joke, Joker and Harley Quinn right. movie. Uh, there's also that uh, Martin Scorsese Joker one that they've yes. talked about before. None of those have been mentioned. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean that they're not going to be made, but they're not anywhere near DC or Warner Brothers thinking we're going to green light them to go. Right. So there's a, quite a few that, I mean, I feel that they would have been still talking about all these, but now with them saying we need to really sit in and maybe come up with a script. Yeah. Uh, I hope that that means that they are going to have an overall plan, but as long as Warner Brothers puts their hands in, and I tell everyone time and again, it's the big studio heads who mm-hmm. look at that. If you stop looking at the dollar amounts, you'll make dollar amounts. Right. If you look at what the fans want, you will. Right. That will turn into. It's not even always what the fans want. It's just no. Because sometimes good... the fans are too. They're too strict on what they want. You know, they want it to match the source material so closely, but you can't do that in it's, a movie. It's overall having the overall vision, and yeah. usually it's the director. Right. Um, Zack Snyder, I think, is. He's washed I, up. Yeah, I think he's done. Jeff Johns, let's give him a full chance to actually do an outing of everyone. But right. It's still... Very... Which is sad because I think they finally got Superman to the point in these movies where he's like Superman now. Where he's a, like a fully realized Superman. He's not this kid who's kind of like wishy-washy. He's literally... He's not emo anymore? He's just Superman now. He he knows his powers. He's not afraid to use them. He knows that he's super strong. And he's just kind of... That's who he is now. 
he had to die to figure that out and come back all weird and twisted, but <laughs> now they're going to erase it all. So The ends justify the means. I guess. <laughs> all right, uh, let's get into Off the Shelf. Uh, yeah. This week, uh, sponsored by... I was going to make up something. I was like, I... do we have a sponsor again? <laughs> sponsored by Travis's No Beard. Um, Wait, I forgot. What? I forgot to show you this. Did Travis uh, shave his beard off? No. Oh. Uh, Travis McIntyre, Tire Source Point Press, uh, also part of the Snake Oil uh, podcast, Snake Oil Comics podcast. Uh, Devin posted, "Hey, any fans? If you have any questions, they're going to have Travis's wife on the show." Oh yeah, yeah. And I had jokingly asked when Up the River Two is going to come out again because I. Right. Tease Travis all the time for that. But then I go, and if you have any pictures of Travis without a beard, please share them. Holy cow. We got a whole, like, 20 different pictures of him without a beard. And he needs to keep that beard. <laughs> Does he look like a 12-year-old without his beard? Some of them. He's, he is a baby face. Yeah. Uh, one with him dreadlocks without any beard. Oh, man. Playing it. Were they, they were ginger hilarious. dreadlocks? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Never again do I want to see those. <laughs> but I do need to show you them. I meant to show you them before. Uh, yeah. Anyways, without that stupid joke, and yeah. <laughs> Source Point Press sponsoring our show. Whether they free. like it or not. <laughs> yeah. Um, But I have this week uh, Doctor Strange 382. All right. Now, I've, I've tried for the last year to not always do back-to-back reviews of comic books from the month before trying to strike new veins of different stories and get to everything. But this one was just too good to be true. Now, you remember me reviewing mm-hmm. 381, Loki taking over and everything. Right, and, and at the uh, there end, was a door. Y- yes. I remember the door. And there was a spell that he wanted to find out. Right. And also then, Doctor Strange is a veterinarian, you find out at the end. So this one, all right, it's it starts kind of off from that... I will say I kind of have been getting sick of um, where stories, they start at the end and then like, but let me tell you how I got here. Mm. You know, it mm-hmm. starts with him climbing this mountain and saying how, you know, he, he shouldn't, he's was going to die if he ever talks to this person again. But, but before we get to, to me talking to this person, let me tell you how I got here. And I can almost compare to what I'm going to say, can forgive that. What I can't forgive is when it starts off and the little dog comes in who was spying for for Steven mm. and Loki out there and comes in and starts just talking to him about, yeah, so he's tr- still trying to figure out the the door thing and, and this uh, sing song and sing shun, the, the, the spell. Oh. And, and Dr. Strange is kind of talking. And then you see these two people that brought in a cat to the veterinarian like with their mouths like dropped, like... Oh, because they're doing this in front of people? Yeah. That's what I can't forgive. The reason why is, how do you not fucking know who Stephen Strange is? Mm -hmm. How does the world forget? Even if he did a lot of the Sorcerer Supreme stuff behind, people knew he was. People went to him for help. Yeah. He's an Avenger. Right. He is still him. So to make him all of a sudden be like a no-name, like, I would be bringing my fucking animals and pets to him left and right. Right. No shit. So he kind of goes into a monologue to them. Oh, 
sorry, uh, I'm, you know, I was this and this, and I was in a horrible accident, and I used to be a surgeon, but animals are just a little bit different oh, than he, humans. He gave the TV show starting monologue. Yeah. <laughs> and then went into, oh, and the reason why he can, the dog can talk is, well, I, I can do magic too, like, as if it was like a no-nonsense right. thing, like, come on BT now. dubs, guys, I yeah. can do magic. Yeah. That I can't forgive, and it was way too... It was a full page of him explaining that, yeah. where I was like, it could have been better. It, I know they're trying to go for the humor and the whatever. It's like a nine, like he but, just does it. But, but. He shouldn't have had to explain him. It reminds me of the beginning of all the CW shows, where it's like, I'm Barry Allen. I'm the Flash. <laughs> That's what I'm watching? I did not know that. I was struck by lightning and gifted with superhuman speed. <laughs> So besides all that, though, it, it, there is then finally when they, they leave, uh, the dog's name is Bats, and he is a little gray, or not greyhound, um, what are those little like hunting dogs, like the fox and the hound dog? Like a basset hound? Yeah. And that's probably why he's called Bats. Hound dog? Bats, yeah. Yeah. And I'm a hound dog. Cute. <laughs> like him talking to, to Steven, it was so cute. Like I... Really want a talking dog, yeah. Especially him because he's like really like on on Steven's side of like yeah, screw that Loki guy and and taking <laughs> over your your place. And he's talking to uh, Zelma and you know taking your girl and stuff, which not really his girl, but she had helped save him in the previous uh, right. series, and I explained that last time. But one of the 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 biggest things was then let's quick go over and see what's up with Loki and Zelma. And he is shooting this door with machine guns. <laughs> and she goes, you really think that's going to help? And he goes, well, these are, these, these are the same guns that Scourge the Mighty Executioner used. And then he got cut off from the Thor movie. Oh, yeah. So tying in with that, I thought that is kind of good writing. And then he kind of goes explain. She goes, you know, all your spells, you know, didn't you work and everything? He goes, yeah, but... If those didn't work, maybe these would. Hey, there's some logic there. Mm -hmm. And and it was just a funny way to throw him shooting it with a machine gun and then throwing the Thor tie-in, which I thought was great writing. But the door is still there and it's perplexing him so much. And we also learned within a little bit of uh, Stephen talking to the dog... He kept saying that there, there, there is no spell. It's It's not real. Until then, all of a sudden, he backtracks and starts telling the dog, okay, we need to, uh, or he wants to go check it out. I like that Steven is being a little bit cautious. He goes as an astral projection, walking the dog, while the dog is kind of like, does it not seem strange that someone is walking me that is not truly here? <laughs> and having a talking dog have a conversation with an astral projection was just so loony that it fit perfectly. But then you find out, the real crux of all this, which is the spell is real. And what the spell is, is okay. You remember how Loki is taking all like doing all this magic. Mm -hmm. And even in this, he's explaining some of the other things that he did. And Zelma being like, how, how is that not taking a cost on you? I think he's been secretly find searching for this spell because the spell shuts off all magic. It is a spell that will in the entire universe stop it all. And it's one of those last, like, nuclear options mm. that what you find out is Stephen Strange 
has known about this spell. In fact, he learned it a long time ago, even though he was pretending he didn't know that it was true, because it's that bad. Like, if magic just stops, that's going to fuck up a lot of things within the Marvel Universe, because other things need magic, whether bad, also good. Right. This is something that he doesn't want to ever do. And so, he has imprinted the spell onto a soul of a loved one. Kind of like when they used to say the nuclear launch code should be, like, you know, tattooed on a heart. Yes, you know, and so you have to it, kill somebody to yeah, get, to get them. Pretty much he's saying to remove it from a soul is very hard, and it will kind of fuck up their soul, so he never wants to ever do that. Well, who's the loved one in this? And it's not a romantic one. He's not upset that Loki's going after Zelma right now. Right. It is... She's got that spell, mm. and if he's starting to go after her, at one point or another, he's going to start love and souls get in her wine. He's going to start knowing, oh, wait, she has a spell here. Hmm. So that's the whole thing of it that I'm like, damn, that's dark. And I'm sure she's not going to be too happy to find out she has a spell. Right. That's invasive. Very much so. <laughs> I mean, threw a spell in there without her knowing about it. And I'm wondering who he's had to have done it before to other people. Right. I mean, Wong probably had it before it was a loved one. Uh, other people, who knows? But it's also kind of, do you just go willy-nilly of putting this spell with many people? Right. Like, you got to put it to someone else that can maybe defend themselves if someone found out they had the spell. But since it's always been legend anyways, I guess. Well, and if he, if he no keeps one's really moving gone searching. it, like, is he keep? He says it's really hard to take it off somebody's soul and it could fuck them up. So yeah. is he literally just going in there and taking it out? Is he bad? I'm, not, I'm not, trying to, not trying to critique the, the <laughs> magic of this because that's kind of what we're doing now. Let's just say for the moment, I like it. Good storytelling. Okay. When there's a confrontation and Loki accidentally, because this dog is... A, a, I want to say homeless dog, but it talks. But you know, it's on the streets. Yeah. Uh, you know, because it's homeless take, doesn't yeah. mean it's not talented. <laughs> and Stephen is is taking in this dog along with all the other Doctor Little Doolittle things. Right. Veterinary. I place. think that's pretty awesome. Accidentally, Loki puts it into a uh, containment field. The dog. But, yeah, but the dog is like going off of like screw you, Loki. You know, for doing this and everything and blah blah. And that's when you find out the dog has a. Uh, a weak heart. Aww. Has a large heart, but a weak heart. Aww. And it being like not being able to move and everything, it's going and then, holy shit, like I almost cried. Oh no! Seeing dogs die in comic books. That's sad. In, when Archie, Afterlife with Archie. Yeah, oh my god, when, um, yeah, uh, what the hell is the name? Hot of? Dog? Yes, Hot Dog. Yeah. Yeah, you kind of got teary-eyed, especially, mm-hmm. or, yeah, so... I about cried, and I'm like, damn, Loki. Aww. And Steven doesn't even, he gets upset, but he's not even upset, because he's like, I probably would have done, not knowing the dog, right. you know, would have just been like, here, containment unit, whatever. So he can understand. We get to the point where this is not resolved, and he's pissed off, and he needs to stop Loki, not even for Loki what he's doing bad, but that what he's going to unleash if he ever uses a spell. Which you're, I'm pretty much guessing is he needs it now because of all the other shit he's been doing with right. just wasting magic points and and everything. So it almost is like I'm rooting for Loki because he kind of needs that to keep doing as well as he's doing. 
but Loki also needs to have his comeuppance. So it's not like he's being an evil Loki at all. It's just that he's being Loki and not thinking and being reckless is actually not something, uh, you know, Sorcerer Supreme should be doing. Right. So we get to where the person that Steven needs to talk to. And it was a holy shit surprise moment. Someone that I never thought they are going to be bringing back to Marvel. Sentry. Oh, the crazy guy. Yeah. Well, not crazy so much right now. And you get to where you find out that the the climbing the mountain and the, the house that is up at the top and everything is. Is, is all a projection in the mind of the Sentry because he's in deep space just kind of not lobotomized, but just he's his body is like just not. Yeah. It's just all in his mind because right. he is crazy right. and he shouldn't be a walking, Well, he's talking. crazy and super powerful, right? Yeah. And he is from what everything... Because I love reading up on gods and, and magical artifacts and, like, you know, forces like the Phoenix Force yeah. and Infinity Gauntlet. What is the definitive most powerful thing? And besides knowing the one above all and then the Living Tribunal, even though the Living Tribunal has died within the secret wars and the beyonders are also pop- pretty much if we're going to look at ben human to right. a, i guess the century is their superman it is their most powerful yeah. being who can pretty much probably go toe-to-toe with thanos mm-hmm. so not saying there's not things except he's powerful. crazy yeah yeah He's got also a dark side <laughs> to him. He's red kryptonite Superman. He was last truly seen in 2010, so like seven, eight years ago during the siege event. Kind of got resurrected when a couple years ago when the Apocalypse Twins resurrected a couple other people for their four horsemen. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of a... I liked what they were going with the Apocalypse Twins and everything, but it really kind of... Their four horsemen that they brought back, Dakin... Um, forget uh the guy with the sickle who's miracle man's or not miracle man wonder man's brother uh past my knowledge on that okay. one anyways <laughs> that was kind of stupid and pointless and they brought back century just because it was like oh wow but he right. was just an undead kind of person so regardless he's not truly been in the battle and it's something that me and my brother have been talking about a lot of when are they ever going to bring him back and like we mm. thought that maybe his time has past like they would never do it so even though it has nothing to do with the story that he has everything to do with the story now is interesting because to take on a god they need another person who could pretty much take on a god and that steven has explained how bad this spell actually will be to bring about someone who also could pretty much destroy the universe Mm -hmm. is also as gambling well yeah there could be some fallout from that. Yeah. That'll be interesting to see where they go. So already in these first two issues, it's it's brought mystery. It's kind of even then within the next issue, like I didn't have to go 10 issues of like, well, still, I don't know what the fuck's behind that door, but that's right. what Loki thinks the spell is behind the door. So I am more curious what actually is behind that door. But they at least explain the spell. So they, they give like me a Steven's little... porn room or something. <laughs> I'm hoping that it's just something <laughs> mundane. Like, at, at the end of this story arc... That's just where he stores his dildos. <laughs> <laughs> it's a wine cellar. Or I'm hoping that there's, like, a switch that says open or something that Steven will just push. And yeah. Like, oh, you couldn't have done that? Right. And... Just turn the... Did you try turning the knob? <laughs> 
<laughs> you just assumed there was a spell on it. I don't know why you yeah. just didn't turn the knob. <laughs> so the door is, is really got me perplexed. Yeah. And, but now there's so much. They give one. They take give another. You know, take another away. It's oh, there's so much to this. Love it. Yeah. Um, written by Donnie uh, Cates. Uh, art by Gabriel Hernandez Walton and. Uh, oh, oh, and what I want to say is it's our best on tap, the, ah, the, cover, the cover, by Mike Del Mundo, mainly because it, it has Doctor Strange, kind of looks like there's an astral projection coming from him, but the, the words Doctor Strange up at the top, which normally in all the, like most comic books, is a solid font, it is kind of what makes the, right. the title the title so, and usually it's separate from the rest like they they don't interact with each other yeah uh what happened with this one is it's kind of being blown away by loki and i just thought that was really symbolic yeah yeah nice that's that i talked way too long on that one that's okay more than i thought usually you have three books that you review so a uh, long time on one is about the same <laughs> <laughs> Um, so I caught up on Batman White Knight this week. Have you, you read up through two. Did you read three? Yes. Okay. So I can be spoilery in this one and you can help me review it because my reviews are always... Actually, no, I lied. I've read half of it. Oh, all right. Well, I am going to spoil it for (laughs) you then. Um, so you talked about in two where you find out that Harley's wasn't Harley. She was replaced by Fangirl Harley, which I thought was a really interesting twist. Um, and it, it's cool because this is like a different universe. Right. Which also I, I find when they get confined to 52, and always it's 52 universe, 52 universe, and they've gone in multiversity, they've gone in other things saying, well, this is the universe, this is the universe. Is this really in one of those universes? Because I don't think they've always explained a universe right. like this. The else world. And it doesn't really need to. I just I, wish I they wouldn't confine themselves to saying there only needs to be 52 universes. Right. But this universe they've made, well, they need to make it for the way the story is going about. Very interesting. Yes. And that they would have two distinct Harleys because in the main universe, there is not. I th- And I think that was smart on Sean's part because... Either he really likes the original Harley, or he had a hard time reconciling in his own mind that Harley was this really smart woman who put on this costume. She was Harley Quinn. That's the costume she wore, right? And then all of a sudden, she was just this psychopath who wore short shorts and dyed her hair pink and blue. Mm -hmm. Like, they're very different characters. (laughs) Very much so. And, you know, in 52, they kind of reconciled that by being, well, that's after the Joker left her, right? And she kind of dealt with it by becoming a different type of person. And that's why she looks different now. Whatever. I don't care. This is really, I thought this was a smart way of going back to the original one, though. Um, But then you find out fangirl Harley, what I don't know what her real name is. She decides that since the Joker is gone now, she's going to replace him as a new villain. And she's kind of, they, in this whole, in this issue, they kind of set it up where she is not happy for Jack, right? Becoming normal. She thinks that they killed the Joker. So she wants to bring him back as he was. Like there was nothing wrong with him. They didn't fix him. 
They broke him. Now he's wrong. And she wants to bring him back to what the way he used to be. She's literally a f- like all in fangirl. All in on the Joker. Um, but she's also trying to replace him now because there's a hole to fill. Um, so it'll be interesting to see where that goes, especially at the end of this, um, which you haven't gotten to yet. But then you get into this whole issue made me question whether Jack's actually cured, whether the Joker is actually cured or not, because he creates this elaborate plan to set up Batman, which I thought was genius. Right. And he does it in such a Joker way. But he's not being the Joker right Well, I like now. how he says that the Joker was always hindered because of his insanity mm-hmm. with his intelligence, which I always thought that he was unhindered because of his insanity, right. which allowed him to think differently. Right. And I guess when it comes to mental capacity and genius, you know, some of the most insane people were the smartest mm-hmm. and sometimes vice versa. So... Right. And so in this, they're making it seem like because the Joker was so chaotic, he never was able to fully realize any of his plans. Whereas this guy, Jack, is just evil. Like, the Joker probably is evil, and so is probably the guy that was the Joker. But now he's not crazy, so he can be fucking evil. So he steals um, the Mad Hatter's mind control band. Oh, you're still talking about in 2 when he did that? Yeah. Yeah, and... Gets Batman to like. Well, he attacks Batman all at once with these villains, and then makes him chase after him into a library that Jack's building. And black was it Black Gate, Batgate, Blackgate, Blackgate. That that whole thing confuses me because they call it Blackgate, but then at some point in time, it's like no, it's Backgate, not Blackgate. Okay. Um, because they call it Blackgate because it's where all the minorities live. Like, it's called that because they're being racist. Oh, okay. <laughs> Basically. Um, so, they they get this whole plan, and they get Batman to go take down this thing that's supposed to be a symbol of trying to change and make the world a better place, and Batman just goes and destroys it trying to fight these villains and he's really trying to change the perception of batman in the community like in batgate they already hate him because he's always there destroying their neighborhood and they actually taught there was a saturday night live skit a couple weeks ago where bruce wayne was having like a food for the poor people thing at his house and they go and they're getting food and they all start complaining about Batman and how terrible he is and how they ruin his neighborhood, their neighborhood all the time. Why did you not share this with me? That is hilarious. (laughs) It's so funny. And they're like, and they're, and it's like, yeah. And then they, 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 he, they chased after my cousin because he stole something from a store and then they hung him from a, uh, building by his underwear. <laughs> like, it always led back to Batman hanging people from buildings by their underwear. Um, it was really funny. But it's kind of the same thing that in, in this book that they're getting at, whereas Batman's just, he's destructive. He's not trying to help anybody, right? He's just, if you're wrong, you're wrong, and I'm going to take you in, and I'm going to do it by any means necessary. And how the police are okay with that. And it really gets into was Nightwing and Batgirl. Like, they're, they've been worried about him for a while, but now they're really starting to, like, 
realize how far towards the edge he's going. And they think half of it has to do with Alfred because he's dying. Um, but they also think that maybe that's just who he is as a person, which I tend to agree with, um, which is probably why the Joker and Batman have always been such great chemistry because they're both fucking crazy, mm-hmm. really, is what it is. Um, the the end of this book, after you've after they reveal, and you kind of knew, that Joker was controlling these villains, and they show where they've left them. Like, they're just there. Like, he still has full control over them, so they're just kind of, like, he's warehousing them. They're all standing in a building, like, under mind control, and it's just crazy to I me. just thought it was, it was genius how he's mind controlling them. Yes. I mean, if people are up to three, like, you know, in number two, when they had Clayface become minute particles who Clayface then had the Joker, um, or not the Joker, the Mad Hatter's uh, spell cards to, to be able to control them with, with the yeah. hat thing. They all have that those cards. And there's a there's a page in here where the, the new Joker, Neo-Joker, she's calling herself now the old, new Harley Quinn. I don't really know how to refer to her anymore. Um, she goes in and she finds all these villains under under control and she like touches Clayface and like he disintegrates and she picks up his brain, right? And it's like his brain and his eyeballs and there's a tongue there and it's fucking disgusting. But I never thought about that, how there is a brain and stuff in there. <laughs> <laughs> and where does it go when he transforms, right? You can't squeeze that brain through something that's too small. Anyway... It's a really great fucking depiction of his gross brain, though. Um, Anyway, spoiler alerts in this book. Was it this one or was it the last one that um, where Alfred? I think it's this one. Alfred dies in this book. Yeah, it was the last one. Thanks for ruining it. I said spoil. I said I was going to spoil it for you. Um. So Bruce shows after the fight at the library. Bruce shows up at the house and he's fucking he's he's wrecked, right? He got injured because he just got the shit beat out of him by like a million different villains, and then the library falling on him and exploding and stuff like that. And he rolls back to the Batcave, and Alfred, who's in bed dying, does the Alfred thing and gets out of the bed and puts Bruce in it, hooks him up to all the stuff to heal him, and sits in a chair. And when Bruce wakes up, Alfred's dead. Like, Alfred died saving Bruce. Wow. So that's going to, like, oh, my God, what is that going to do? Because the only thing that's keeping Batman sane is Alfred at this point. So how far is he going to go now that he doesn't have that one voice that's, like, keeping him from being just a complete fuckhead? <laughs> and anytime they kill Alfred off in a book, like, it's never good. It do- They don't do it very often. And it's never good. So it'll be interesting to see. I, I want to see where what Jack has some sort of grand plan. Like he's got something, some mastermind plan. So it's really interesting to see the Joker playing things smart and bat, while Batman's also going like crazy. Like they definitely have switched roles in this because... Batman used to be the detective, right? He paid attention to details 
all that stuff. He's not doing that anymore. He's literally just wrecking shit. Everything mm-hmm. in his path gets ruined. And now the Joker, who used to be the guy who wrecked everything in his past, is the guy paying attention to details and making sure everything matches and fits together very meticulously. So it's such an interesting... Well, there's also... There was a part when he's talking to real Harley, Harley Quinzel. Yeah. I mean, that's her real yes, name. Yes, Harleen Quinzel. Um, that about the drugs having worked and hopefully for good it's kept to be and that's the, the key thing there hopefully for good right in, in all comics you kind of know that's never no. truly the case well just in science in general any drugs you take eventually work their way out of your bloodstream even if you take a shit ton of them eventually they're gonna go away <laughs> <laughs> so that'll be interesting too to see when that happens if sean lets that happen how far they're gonna go with this story I'm just glad that they're letting him do this because I like it when they take Batman in a different direction. See, now I'm, I'm trying to find out what the hell the person, you know, they're Sean's kind of saying suicide Harley to differentiate. Yeah. Between Harley. Uh, Marion Drews, I guess, is their name. I don't know what background that name comes from for her. Right. But to give them both their distinct personalities, everything was a big thing that he wanted to do. Right. He's really hitting the fan base on both of them, having them both show up. Yeah. Having the Neo Joker uh, come out too is an interesting take on it all. Right. It's... Well, and her just... Her obsession with the the Joker, not as a person, and I think Harley says that to her, the, the real Harley says that to her at some point, is like, you don't love Jack, you love the idea of the Joker. I love Jack. Like, even when he was the Joker, mm-hmm. but not because he was the Joker. Whereas New Harley just loves the chaos that comes with being with the Joker. So, it, and it's, that that does create different chemistry, right? Between people. So, I just think it's funny that he never noticed that she was replaced. Like, they even, she even mentions, you didn't notice that I wasn't the same person anymore? Yeah. <laughs> I guess it was crazy enough. So. Yeah. Yeah. He never paid attention to her. Poor Harley. Well, going along with uh, our Batman theme every single week. <laughs> I didn't know you were going to review that because I was like, man, Batman's been left out the last couple of weeks. We purposely not wanted to talk about him. So I also this wanted. so good. Though. I also wanted to review Batman number 36. Yeah. <laughs> I will make it short and sweet All so right. we don't get into it because it is one of those where it, you need to read it. And having repicked up ever since the whole uh, War of Jokes and Riddles and all this stuff with the engagement, mm-hmm. it is it has been so refreshing seeing Batman having to be a little bit different. Like, and the book has a totally, I feel... Is this the Super Friends book? It's part one, yes. Yeah, Okay. <laughs> I mean, that's what the story arc is titled, and within the last one, having them not, the, the kids, or not the kids, all the Robins or, pre, you know, his sidekicks being told by Alfred that he was engaged, and, and Damien being like, what the fuck? Like, yeah. why was I, why yeah. did you tell me? Right, that's his kid. Like, yeah. Not only is that a Robin, but that's his actual child. But then also <laughs> having them go to, uh, 
Batman had to go see Talia for something totally different, but I had to first read in in the, those two issues of him. I thought it was him to be like, sorry, hon, like, I got, got engaged to someone, you know, don't come kill her. Right. Yeah. And... It it wasn't like that, but it was it was such a very in depth look of Catwoman being in love with Batman and and Damien kind of finally forgiving all through Dick Grayson explaining Batman gives he gives his his heart and soul to protect everyone he gives for this and that he gives to charity he does this and that he's never taken and this is the first time in his life that he's chosen for himself something right that's true and I was like holy shit that's true. Never really thought of that. Yeah. And that made kind of Damien be like, okay, you're right, damn it. And now it, it sheds even different light of how he's reacting to all, everything about this. And he's scared still going forward with with Selena, with Catwoman. And really you see a lot more in the books lately, them being their alter egos. Because I guess him being Bruce with Selena would kind of be a little more normal. Mm -hmm. And because the relationship is nothing of normal, you're getting their their alter egos throughout these stories. And this whole takes off also kind of, of like the other, the kids being like, uh, Superman, Clark is pissed that he didn't get a phone call about this. Yeah. He didn't call me about it. And the whole book is a, it's flipped it's half of Batman talking to Catwoman and it's half Lois talking to Superman slash Clark in whatever scene they're in of, well, you know, you got to look at it this way. Like the women are trying to talk, right. Talk to like the stubborn Catwoman being like, yeah. you should call him. <laughs> and Lois being like, you should call him. You've been friends. And I'm going on about, well, like Batman's like, well, you know, how did it go? Catwoman goes, Catwoman goes, He's your best friend. And him going, Gordon's my best friend. She goes, Gordon doesn't even know who you really are. <laughs> and he goes, all right, fine. Alfred's my best friend. She goes, you pay him. And Gordon's my best friend. Yeah. <laughs> all the while, they're beating up and chasing after a criminal. Uh, yeah. Throughout these scenes of them being this. And then you see Lois uh, and uh, Superman they're talking on a communicator because she's back at home because she can't be out there, you know, fighting. She's, she's not a superhero, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and just the whole thing of just call... They keep re reiterating, call him. There is a scene where uh, they're both dressed up, uh, him being Clark then, not being Superman, and dressed up because they're meeting a uh, uh, informant or whatever for a story that they're trying to, to run. Mm -hmm. And... He's he's even getting to, you know, like, I don't know if, you know, then she, she'll she find out. Like, making excuses. Like, if we introduce her to ourselves, you know. And then she, Lois goes, she's Catwoman. Hey, not only does she think that maybe Bruce might, you know, pillow talk have said anything. But she goes, she finds, she's a thief. She finds secrets. You don't think that she can find out by your get up of whatever kind of this is. Yeah. And him kind of being like, what do you mean? <laughs> Because everyone knows it's the worst disguise in the world. It really is. <laughs> and how this book is set up is you got that. And then switch to the next scene of Catwoman saying, you think it's because, uh, you know, you're trying to protect them. You don't think, like, I, I know a man with glasses <laughs> who that is. 
I already know who they are. You don't need to be the world's greatest detective, Bruce. Yeah. <laughs> so, if that's, you know, saying, if that's debating why you're going to tell them or not. And I'm like, all these things are making sense. And these women are making sense, pounding it in to these guys. But the best was halfway through the book when it really gets to needing to put the punch of how uh, they are so similar is there are scenes going through the book of on one side it's Batman's story and the other side it's it's Superman's story in how they're going on about how he is your best friend well mm-hmm. he didn't you know do this and then it gets to the the men talking now of uh, his parents died a long time ago or his planet blew up and it's less for the readers but I felt it's more for the actual characters having to say this to themselves, but they're saying it not to the reader, even though they kind of are. They're saying it to their significant other, so mm-hmm. it doesn't seem lost, but it's their train of thought of why. You know, he was raised alone, you know, and then he was raised with uh, good parent, wholesome parents, you know. He had all the money in the world. He was dirt poor. Uh, and it gets to the point of, you know, he chose to be this, sim- or he. He could take down the world if he wants to, and he could take down the world with his pinky if he wanted to, you know, without... Right. And you're and you're seeing that, for what I'm saying, is it's similar but different, but they are the same like the person. Like the prince and the pauper. Yeah. Yeah. But they're also the same. And and, and it was, uh, you know, Batman saying, you know, he had every or choice, you know, and he became who he is. And then, you know, Bat, or then it goes to the next pretty much panel of Superman saying like, I never had a choice. I had to do this. Right. But Batman did. You know, all the kids, you know, look up to him. All the kids want to be him. And all those things are true. Right. You know, everyone wants to be Batman, but mm-hmm. everyone looks up to Superman. And it gets to the point of like, you know, he's a better man than I am. And he's a better man than I am. And they're both riding elevators until... <laughs> It's really weird to see Superman riding an elevator. That's the thing. And they even explain, like, why he did, because then he would have break, broken a glass and they're trying to sneak up on these people. And it's this this scene right here. Hi, I'm Lois. Nice to meet you. You must be Catwoman. Yeah. The whole them talking about each other and then coming to fruition of them face-to-face. Right. They haven't called each other. The women have been saying, call, talk to them. I'm not his best friend or, you know, he's not my best friend. And then it gets to them. It was a quick scene too. them beating up the people within like three panels. And then, Hey, so let's go get a bite to eat. (laughs) I'm like, there's so much like really for everything that they said about each other. You need to read this book because it was like, Holy shit. They mean so much to each other. And, why is Batman being so stubborn and stupid? Yeah, because he's Batman. Yeah. Yeah. And he's never had something like this where he's had to right. share and do... And just see... Like I said, Catwoman is such a good addition to him. Mm-hmm. Seeing her be a kind of thorn in his back. Like, right. you got to do this. Well, it's nice because they've finally given him a love interest that knows him both ways. You know? Like, they've always given him love Bruce love interests. But they've never given Batman a love interest. And that's, that's total, they're totally different things. Like, Bruce is not Batman. Batman is the true person. Bruce is the cover. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so when you give Bruce a love interest, you're not giving him anything real. 
When you have Batman a love interest, that's the real right there. So, so. I, it, once again, uh, it, Batman is, killing it. Well, I love that the next Fuck. next issue it's called a double date, seventy eight years in the making. Which now I think, yeah, I don't think they ever truly have done a double date no. because while Why Clark has always they? had Lois, yeah, as you said, Batman truly hasn't really had right. You know, the the one that comes to mind most is Talia. He's dated Selena other times before, right. but you know, this is permanent. Yeah, and I hope it stays permanent. I Having, do too. Like, don't take this away from him. Tom, Tom King has been killing it. He, yeah. It's, it's hail, hail to the king. Yes. <laughs> it's your Batman hour. Damn it, Batman. Winning our hearts all over again. <laughs> all right. We got a little bit of news this week. Some of it is Batman related. <laughs> I was going to say, we go right into that. <laughs> so as previously mentioned before of... Flashpoint and them trying to start over it has been not only rumored but confirmed that that Ben Affleck is getting out of the scene yeah he's done now starts the rumors of everything and who wants to play him this and that Uh, I know you have some names of people that say they want to play I have some other different names and it has also been talked about that within Flashpoint that uh, ben Affleck is actually going to still be. He has one more, whether it's with his contract or whatever, but we're going to see that Batman, which would make perfect sense because you have that and then, oh, new world, right? new face. Yeah. But the standalone Batman movie, The Batman, is not going to have Ben Affleck. Right. Whether they switch that beforehand or not, that's kind of what has been out there. I heard John Hamm. Oh my god, that would be... I saw that too, and I was like, alright, I think I'm okay with that. I, I feel like he could be a Bruce. Yeah. I don't feel like he could be a Batman. I, I think, feel like he's a little too nice. Yeah. Well, have you seen Baby Driver? No, I haven't. He's not nice in that movie. Okay. He is a villain in that movie. But I just... So, I, he was a villain in Mad Men. Yes, but he, <laughs> he smiled... Okay, here's the thing, though. Him as a person, though, like him just being John Hamm, anytime he shows up on anything, he is always just like one step away from cracking up because he's just jovial and happy. Whenever he shows up on SNL, all the time, just random skits. Oh, I know. He's amazing. So it's 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 almost like as if, you know, Rest of Soul, Robin, like all of a sudden you say someone who is always happy and nice, even though they played a villain or this or that, I I can't see them being grumpy Batman. Yeah. I, I don't I think. I think he could pull it off. He's a great actor. And that's... I think you need somebody who's a great actor to play Batman so they can go between Bruce and Batman and have them be two different people. Whereas if you just get a grumpy guy like Ben Affleck, then Bruce Wayne is going to be grumpy too. And Bruce Wayne is not grumpy. He's like... Michael Keaton did it right. Yeah. And there is no way when some, when they announced that Michael Keaton was going to be Batman, people were like, oh, yeah, I can see that. <laughs> <laughs> There's no way. People were like, Mr. Mom's going to be Batman? <laughs> so, you know, you never know. Michael Keaton killed it on those movies. So I could go for John Hamm. But in Flashpoint, Batman is not Bruce Wayne. Batman is Bruce Wayne's dad. Thomas Wayne. Yes. And in 
the first in Batman versus Superman, Mr. Jeffrey Dean Morgan is seen playing Thomas Wayne, and he has been hinting that he will be making or wants to or could be making an appearance as Batman. And in my mind, the only way that can make sense is if he is going to be Flashpoint Batman. And that also totally makes sense. It sounds fucking awesome. Well, here's the thing. We're not going to do exactly Flashpoint from the comic books, but also having normal normal universe, I guess is what we'll call right. it, Batman somehow be involved with it. Right. So when they have the other Batman, they're going to have to have some crossover like, hey. But then when it comes back to resetting the world... Hey, my face, it's different. Right. <laughs> Who am I? I don't know. <laughs> Why am I talking like this? It's hillbilly Batman. <laughs> I reckon. But I think uh, Flashpoint Batman is Batman with a gun. And he's yeah, yeah. basically... <laughs> pretty much, yeah. <laughs> so, and he's a little more hardcore and older. Um, but I think, you know, Negan could make a great Thomas Wayne Batman. I could completely see that. So, he already has a bat. (laughs) And he is a man. That was terrible. (laughs) That was below Tony. Man, I think I should go home now. (laughs) Um, In other Batman news, uh, the city of New York has finally gotten their shit together. And they're naming a street after Bill Finger. It's going to be called Bill Finger Way, which I think is an unfortunate name for a street. <laughs> yeah, I kind of thought that too. Just meet me on the corner of Finger Way. Yeah. <laughs> but. Bot also, finger? <laughs> I hope it doesn't have a weird, like, intersection that it, it meets with. Um, but it is definitely much needed because Bill Finger made Batman who he was and for a very long time. Um, Bob Kane was very adamant on people not knowing that he wasn't, like, the main architect of Batman, and DC was okay with that for a very long time. Um, But there's a great comic out there that uh, an artist did to show what Batman would be like if Bill Finger was not involved, because Bill Finger created... The costume, he created the Batmobile, he created all the villains. And so basically, it's Batman catching a guy, mugging somebody, taking into the police officers, going, Well, are there any other brightly colored villains I can fight today? And the police <laughs> officer going, Nope. And he goes, Okay, I guess I'll take a cab home. <laughs> and it's a dude in like a leotard with bat wings. Like, that look like angel wings, but they're bat wings. Okay. I so. can. I can... <laughs> I'm assuming that they would have come up with a few other cool things for him besides that. But yeah, you get yeah, the point of right. there's a lot that he put into the character. Yes. So I, I'm I'm happy that he's finally getting recognition. It's sad that it was after he passed away. So, you know, he never got to feel like the admiration that people have and like let people know that he was part of this. But at least it's happening. So it might be not in his lifetime, but at least it happened. Uh, we need to come up with a something of not the other side of the pond because that's going across the ocean, right? But 
going across America, the other side of America, because whenever we like, we can talk about DC stuff, and then if we switch over to Marvel, like, ah, yes, I, I was almost gonna say the other side of the pond, but that's England. I, well, no shit, that's what I just <laughs> said and explained, and I think everyone knows that. We had, I got a YouTube search or Google search. What's the other side of America? The other side of the other coast. Oh yeah. I, Fuck, yeah. yeah. <laughs> On the other coast. <laughs> well, swords. And anyways, before I even get into that, because we're not going to talk about that, uh, you mentioned Cyborg looking pretty okay in the yeah. Justice League movie. Mm-hmm. So there's a, a, a manga that is very dear to our friend Derek Becker, who he he forced me to watch it, and I thought that the, the anime they made of it was actually pretty fucking badass for the source material and everything, but it needed to be longer mm-hmm. and it needed to be real life. And it has been one of those hidden, like, is this ever going to fucking come to fruition movies ever? And it finally is coming out. Alita battle angel and the trailer just debuted this past week. Yes. Oh, I wish I didn't see the trailer. No, no. Yeah. It, th- th- all the casting for all the characters look fucking amazing. There's a lot of big names. The in world this. looks amazing. Mm-hmm. Big names, yes, mm. and big fucking eyes. <laughs> no, why did they do this to? Yeah. Yes, with with the manga everything, having giant, you know, eyes like that is kind of one of the things. Goku, you right. can name a bajillion different types of of type of Japanimation type style, right? Where they have big eyes. Yes, when you have. Everyone else in this movie not having big eyes, it is such an uncanny valley that you're like, this just looks fake. Yes. And you want it to look real enough to where it's real, they could have had a human playing it and everything else looks amazing. It just looks like a CGI Yeah, puppet. she looks like a sex doll to me. Yes. <laughs> I hate to say it because, I mean, besides her face, like, her arms and stuff and all the rest of her look amazing. And that's all CGI, which right. I don't think they needed to even go that far to make an entire... Except for they wanted to be like, oh, look at our skills. We can yeah. do Whenever you can do practical effects, it, it, this isn't going to age well. Right. Because even how it looks kind of good now, there's even scenes where I was slowing down where I'm like, God, that kind of looks cheesy yeah. fake. It's because of her eyes. Most of it, too. Yeah. It and totally it, takes you out of it. Who decided... The, it had to have been a conscious decision. We need to make the lar- eyes larger. And yeah. people would be like, that kind of makes it look weird. Yeah, it does make it look weird. And I'm looking at a side-by-side of the anime and the movie. Mm-hmm. And, like, her eyes are big, but they're proportionate, I feel like, to her face. Like, they don't... It actually mainly looks like she just has a lot of makeup on. Really. Like, they're anime big, but they're not, like, weirdly big. Yeah. And the... Girl's eyes in the movie trailer are, like, they're completely disproportionate to her face. Like, her face is all eyes. <laughs> all eyes. Sad thing, I'm still going to go probably opening day with Derek and see it. Well, it, I mean, it looks good. It's it's directed by Robert Rodriguez. So, I mean. Oh, like, and that's the thing. There's big names attached to this. James Cameron is, like, a producer yeah, on it. Like, yeah. I don't know how they would. It has Jennifer Connelly in it. Fuck up on this. Yeah. But. I don't know. I just I had to kind of bitch about that. Jurassic World also had I a trailer. I didn't see that trailer. I was thinking I needed say to is, watch it. 
it's one of those things of like formula of uh, Chris Pratt and um, oh, what's her name? Uh, Bryce Dallas Howard. Yeah. Uh, you know, oh, they were getting together in the first one, and now they're broken up again. Yeah. And, oh, they're gonna probably get back together. I hate yeah. that. Except this movie has Jeff Goldblum. Yes. It 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 feels a little formulaic. Yeah. Uh, uh, it's just cold. I don't care. I mean, the, <laughs> they got to go save the dino right. because the island's blown up. And and Jeff Goldblum's like, no, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> I also feel like don't watch the trailer because I can almost guarantee you. And this is the thing where I try to not look at trailers a lot because it gives too much of the movie away. There are certain movies where I will steadfast not watch it all and I did that for Star Wars up until seeing Thor uh, when there was a trailer beforehand some of these other movies I'm kind of like eh if they guess if they spoil it for me I'm going to be pissed Right. I was kind of pissed at this one because I do want to see Jurassic World but I didn't think they're going to spoil it for me holy shit I think I saw the whole fucking movie in the yeah. trailer yeah, it's, it's one of those trailers why you, you, people are going to go see it it's not like you need to sell the movie right I mean, you could literally just show a dinosaur's claw clawing at something and, like, an island sinking into the fucking ocean or whatever the hell's going to happen to this island, and people will be like, oh, I'm going to go see it, and then, like, cut to Jeff Goldblum saying something like, oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) I also do want to say, like, I would give more money to places that let me have an experience where, holy shit, I didn't come in this expecting results. So I will say this, though. They have no mention of crazy military dinos, uh, you know, and and trying to make... So I don't know if they're secretly the ones that want to get these dinos off, but, I mean, they already had the doctor take the mutagenic, like, uh, sim- or embryos mm-hmm. within Jurassic World as well. So they already got those off the island. So I'm curious the the ulterior motives, which they didn't show. For saving the dinosaurs? Yeah. Besides the fact that they love animals, maybe? Well, that's what I've heard, that... I love animals. (laughs) Gotta save the dinos. So, I don't know. That's going to be a good, possibly crappy movie. I think it'll be eye candy, if anything. Yeah, and there's sometimes you, know. you just need to go to those movies yeah. just to see. I know there's nothing wrong with those. They not all movies have to be like thinkers. True. A good one every once in a while is, but uh, so I showed you a trailer today, your first time watching it for an awesome show that's going to be on Sci-Fi. Actually, it already is because it came out December sixth, um, and apparently the first full episode's on YouTube, so you can watch it there. But it's for Happy, um, which is a graphic novel written by Grant Morrison about this cop who loses his mind and ends up getting a unicorn side animated unicorn sidekick. Um, you find out in the trailer that this animated unicorn ish sidekick is the law is the imaginary friend of a girl who's been kidnapped and they go to him to help find the girl. <clears throat> Besides that, the trailer's just Hilarious! Like the whole it beginning of bonkers it, bonkers yes. all over the place. <laughs> hilarious! The whole just from the very beginning, you get the scene where he like he's blowing his brain out, and then he's dancing, and the blood's like splooshing out of his head as he's dancing, and all these lights are going on around him. Um, it looks hilarious. So I'm actually really excited to watch this one, but everyone should check it out. I think it's gonna be good. 
This week is Star Wars week. I know, for some people. What, you're, you didn't get tickets? No! Last... Oh, oh yeah, and you did yell at me of why I didn't invite you. I and... know, because you did last time. Yeah, well... And I went. I don't know if you want to hang out with my friends or not. I will go see Star Wars with anybody. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, we have some news of Star Wars. Uh, critics have said... This is probably the best Star Wars. Oh, yes. They have their embargo of they can't say they they can say their quick thoughts and mm-hmm. some quick snippets, and they they aren't allowed to be talking about. It, I believe until Wednesday, so like the day before, right? To have actual critic reviews. But this past weekend, they they had the screenings for them, and they're all there's barely any negative yeah. like at all of which is great. Mm-hmm. That makes me so full of a new hope that I can't even explain. <laughs> well, there's going to be more Luke. We know that. So, of course, that's why it's going to be better because Mark Hamill is amazing. But... And why else is he amazing? Oh, well, he's just a really good person. But, no, so there was a story released um, this week. And so I, as I was reading the story, I found out that this ha- uh, happened at least o- over a year ago, because Carrie Fisher was going to be involved in it, and she passed last December. It's almost been a whole year. Oh, my God. That I is- know. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Um, so there's, there was this guy who I think he worked for uh, one of the movies Mark was in on, or he worked in the movie industry somehow, and he had a friend whose son was very ill and dying, and... Um, to the point where his mental faculties couldn't separate movie characters from actual people. And all he wanted to do was meet Luke Skywalker. Like, that's what his last wish was going to be for his life. So the dude calls um, Mark's agent, thinking maybe there's a chance that they could set up this meeting. And um, the agent was kind of like, no, I mean, you know, don't get your hopes up. And two minutes later, Mark Hamill calls the guy back and says, just tell me when and I'll be there. And he goes and he spends like a whole day as Luke Skywalker, because remember, this kid does not separate the two. He doesn't know Mark Hamill's a person. Mm -hmm. He goes as Luke Skywalker and just spends the whole day with the kid. And it's just and like this happened we're just hearing about this now. So this isn't something that he advertised that he was doing. Like, he wasn't going to talk about it. He just did it for the, out of the kindness of his own well, heart. I love, like, you see a lot of advertised stuff of people doing things, dressed up, and you got to realize there's probably a good majority of them that aren't advertised. Like, right. Johnny Depp does a lot of times go, he just goes to Disney World, dresses yes, up, and goes on a thing. And that's just more for laughs yeah. and stuff. But he, he goes also, to hospitals. He does the hospitals too. a lot. Yeah. And a lot of those, and not... They're they're they were advertised a lot, but now they still do it. Right. He travels all the time with the Johnny Depp costume. If he has some free time, does it with the Johnny Depp costume? Or, sorry, he's actually the, Jack Sparrow. Sorry, he travels Sparrow. with the Johnny Depp costume. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> so I thought this was really awesome, but and the fact Carrie Fisher was gonna be involved, but the kid passed away before she could go and hang out with him. But like they're just. It's just so it's just so much good in a person, and and Mark Hamill himself was like, I would rather do this than go on a talk show, any day. Now you you just brought up something that I haven't honestly thought of in almost a year, 
is Carrie Fisher being away? I mean, I've thought about it. Going into this weekend, even seeing some of the things of her, like she's blatantly big on yeah. the posters and everything. Yeah. In my mind, I still think she's still alive. Yeah, I know. And I, not just because of her passing, but um, because of this movie and stuff, I think this movie is going to kill it. Yeah. It's going to make the most monies ever. Yeah, I agree. And I've, if there was some stock market that I could put some money on... <laughs> I would do you that. You just in invest in movies. I would put so much yeah. money because I'd make my return on investment then some, and I think she's gonna have a big part of it. But wow, yeah. I, I'm now. I think I'm gonna leave the movie sad. Probably. I hope that it's it's gonna be a death worthy that by the end I'm happy. But I, I, I oh. No. Yeah. It's. Every time I see a trailer for it now and she pops up on the screen, I'm like, because <sighs> <laughs> <laughs> it is sad, but she was the best princess ever. Now we do have, uh, they've set, and I don't know if this was always known. I, I think I've known about it before, but they're starting the production for the Obi-Wan Kenobi. They've, um, they've gone from this possibly is going to happen to no we're gonna do a standalone obi-wan movie because it was always kind of rumored before i mean star wars rumors come and go right you just never know what's gonna happen with star wars but yes they've confirmed that they will be doing an no, obi-wan a star start, wars tale about they're gonna obi-wan. start the production in 2019 yeah. so that's still a year away to right. even start production but they disney is putting out movies left yeah. and right mm-hmm. and they're hitting the tones on which movies to do, yeah, and then others not to do. So, do you think that because Ewan McGregor said he would come back to play Obi Wan, do you think that's a good idea or a bad idea? I don't. It's been he's aged a bit since mm-hmm. doing the the prequel. If he was still that same age now, mm-hmm. sure, yeah, because that was his. But what? Ah. But do, so maybe they're doing an Obi Wan story. That's the time between. When you meet him in A New Hope, and the when you see him at the end of whatever the last fucking prequel movie was. Here's the thing, though. That's still only, what, uh, Luke was 30-ish? 20-something? In when... A New Hope? He was like 18. Was he really that young? Yeah. Oh, I thought he was a bit older no, than that. No, he was 18. He was a baby, still. Well... <laughs> All right. Anyway, then I'm way off on, on on times and shit. He aged quite a bit from being old man Obi Wan to in eighteen years. Something happened. Something hard happened, and I want to know what that yeah. was. So I don't, but then again, though, too, we already know who he is through those prequels, so it would have to take place during those yeah. times. So he could still fill that role. I was trying to actually, in my mind, think of who looks like Ian McGregor that could. Nothing really comes to mind of a younger... That that kid that was in Across the Universe. Did you ever see that? The Beatles musical? Yeah. Uh, Jim something. I can't remember. I think he kind of looks like a young Ewan Well, he McGregor. looks way younger, though, than what would yes. need to be, if, unless this is a him going to the Academy. Right. Which I really don't give a shit no. about. I don't think that Obi-Wan lead an, led an extraordinary life prior. <laughs> yeah. I think he, he went to the Academy. He was a simple farm, farm boy. Yeah, he went to the Academy. He learned how to be a Jedi. Like, it was probably just a normal life. Uh, he wasn't the chosen one. So, you know, his family his family's all still probably alive somewhere or something. I don't know. 
Um, but I do want to, you know, if he aged from Ewan McGregor's age to the guy in New Hope's age that quickly, I want to know why <laughs> something happened at 18 years to make him that old. So that could be an interesting story. <laughs> very true. Very true. Uh, something that is not coming from Disney, but I'm sure is having the helping hand because Sony is playing nice with Spider-Man the Venom movie. Mm-hmm. And from everything that we hear making this separate uh, Spider-Man world, I'm okay with it. I'm okay with another company doing those sort of things, but allowing them to cross over. Mm-hmm. And I would really love to see Venom within Avengers. Here's the thing, though. Some of those movies, seeing the logistics and everything, I'm starting to realize not all my heart's content will ever come to no. me. That's why comic books are there, yes. to get those stories out there. But there's been lots of talk of what's going on with this Tom Hardy movie and if it was going to be kind of in the comic book world, we have Flash who is, was, we just recently had the Venom suit go back to Eddie and it's like, oh, does this have to do with symbiosis and with how the movies are going? And even though this movie is is, uh, a ways away for coming out, what we have is an Eddie Brock inspired uh, movie, in which case we're getting the source materials from the 1993 uh, comic book miniseries of Lethal Protector, where he's in San Francisco. It is not the the Venom that is because here's the thing: iconic Venom being the big monster Venom mm-hmm. is not who Flash has had a Venom suit. His is more no, he's Agent Venom, right? That's yeah. who Flash ends up being. Is but but Agent it's Venom, I yeah. mean they call him. They don't call him in the book. Like that's the title of the right. book. It's the Venom symbiote, but right. it's a different sim- Venom symbiote. Which actually in the the books, I'm not even gonna give away the Venom Inc. Alpha, where it wants to go back to to Flash, is pretty awesome and heartwarming. Of Aww. the symbiote wants right. to rather be with good guy instead of Eddie, right? Going to this now, this is where... So we're going to have where he is not evil Eddie. He's trying to be a hero, but yet we have the monster side to him. Okay. So that's kind of the setting of what this uh, movie is going to be about. A Punisher-type character. Lethal Protector makes me think that he's going to try and... Um, protect people from bad people, but do it in a way that, like, he bad kills people the bad are gonna, people. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, very much so. That is exactly <laughs> what this is going to be like. So it's not going to be all goody two-shoes. It's right. going to be, yeah. I like that they're choosing to do the story that takes place in San Francisco because that completely separates it from Peter Parker, which they wanted to do in this movie was keep it a standalone Venom movie. And you can't really do that when you're in New York City because that's Spider-Man's turf. Oh, yeah. He would be like, what's going on with this? So I like that they're doing it. It'll be interesting to see how they set it up because... Because they haven't introduced the the symbiote yet. Exactly. So are they going to start in New York and then go to San Francisco? Is it... And here's the thing, too, though. Like, we did have the black suit Spider-Man. We don't need to retread on that. Right. But yet... That is some of the coolest Spider-Man stories. Yeah. But then again, yeah, we don't need to do that. No. But it needs to somehow show that it's happened. And I mean, they they might be able to do it very quickly. Like in like a recap or something. I don't know. But. (laughs) Yeah, that would be, that would probably be the one thing where it's kind of, it needs to have somehow come. And whether it's a, but Tom, Tom Holland hasn't. 
yeah, met the symbiote no. yet. No. So how they is he gonna bring it back from space and the Marvel movies? The because movies? I don't know how much they're tying. They want to tie. They tie them together because they have to now. But how much are they going to allow those stories to interact with each other going forward? You know, after they don't need Spider-Man anymore. So, more spider news. Uh, Marvel is planning on doing a whole animated franchise called Marvel Rising. And it's going to center around, um, like, secret warriors uh, such as Squirrel Girl, Miss Marvel, Quake, Inferno. Yeah, chicks. All chicks. And and Spider-Gwen. And Spider-Gwen has been... Was not what the the title of this character was. No, she's Spider-Woman. Yeah. but Spider-Gwen would be a terrible name for somebody who's trying to hide their identity. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) But that's what the fan... So when she came out in the Spider-Verse, people just started referring to her as Spider-Gwen. Because that's... You can't call her Spider-Woman. There is a Spider-Woman already. (laughs) But within her world and and the first issues of where she's been at, she was known as Spider-Woman because it didn't cross paths with another Spider-Woman. Uh, however, real Spider-Woman, Marvel has plans with her coming out soon. Right. So you can't have two Spider-Women. I mean, technically there are two Spider-Men. Men. Yeah. Why you can't call yeah. her that. So they had to come up with a new moniker for her and they're going to call her Ghost Spider. And with the way that, I mean, that has been used before when Peter Parker had the, uh, Future Foundation's uh, white and black suit. Mm-hmm. They nicknamed him Ghost Spider then, and it. I mean, the suit that Spider Gwen has is really awesome. fucking awesome. I uh, mean, yeah, this was fucking Jason Latour and that team fucking killed that origin and that suit instantly became iconic. Instantly. Oh, and people that cosplay. Oh like, my god, having Gwen be around. It's everything about the character is amazing. And it's interesting that with someone so popular as that would have a name change. I mean, other people have had different uh, names mm-hmm. throughout the comic books, and I'm drawing blanks on some of them, but they're alter egos for who they are. So that's not new. Right. It's just new for this day and age where those were all back in, like, silver and bronze right. like age Thor and 90s. Used, Thor used to have... A human name that he went by when he was on. Well, Earth. that's because he was a human then, though. Right. Like, yeah. And then he, he would switch. They would switch places, or I yeah. Don't know, yeah, something crazy that they eventually were like, we don't need to do this anymore. So <laughs> Ghost Spider going forward within the within the animated series is what it's going to be. Now comes, do they change that in the comic book series, and are they going to keep it still called Spider Gwen as the title? Because usually companies want to have everything be kind of copacetic and, and aligning. So having one be called Spider-Gwen, but everything else being Ghost Spider. Right. So are we going to see the end of that title and picking up as a new Ghost Spider series? I, I'm very torn on what I think should happen because I agree with, yeah, everything should be kind of coinciding, but then... That is their mark. That is who that is. Spider Gwen. People right. know to pick up the Spider Gwen book. Right. Are they going to go to the the retailers and be like, "Can I get that Ghost Spider book?" And I think I mean, there's no reason to change the name of the book because she doesn't go by Spider Gwen in the book. Mm-hmm. So you could just stick with calling it that and then just change her name that she goes by in the book. I mean, out of that. So I was reading this article and they're talking about um, Agents of Shield 
And are they really like you've been? Have you been watching Agents yeah. of Shield? Oh, I am like three years behind on that show, so I have no idea what's oh, going on right now. They're in space now, and shit's fucked up, and the, they're in the future too, so space future. And there's no Earth, and yeah, Agents of Shield is amazing okay. again. That's good, but it sounds like they're going to be introducing. Gwen, Spider-Gwen into the show? Is that... I could see that happening. It hasn't come up anytime soon, and it'll probably be the second half of the season. But then again, they have been doing some interesting crossovers when they had last year with... Uh, fuck, Flameface. Ghost Rider? Yes! <laughs> I don't know why that was so hard. I was like, Human Torch! Uh, well, you know... <laughs> Well, the two big ones yeah. that have their faces on fire. <laughs> so I, I, it, it, it it wouldn't surprise me if those if that's truly going to happen, and I'd be welcome to see a real life version of Spider Gwen, right? Slash Ghost Spider. Heck yeah, I think it'd be cool. What's in a name? It's who's behind it. <laughs> and speaking of who's behind it, Disney is soon to be behind the X Men movies. It is, we can't now say that it's definitely happened, but by the time this posts, it probably definitely happened because they are at the fine print stage. Yeah. What was at first rumored a month ago was happening and then debunked as, well, it's off the, the cutting room floor. Probably more money has been put down, but Disney is going to lock up this deal with Fox. Yeah. And they're going to get the rights back, which is great in some senses. Right. And I don't think great in others. And I guess we can wait to speculate on all how all that will happen once it happens because it's going to be a big announcement and it's going to shake. I mean, besides other movies, which sure are out there that they're going to get those assets on, which, okay, we don't care. A big thing that I didn't even realize is that Fox actually owns entirely A New Hope. Oh, so really? So even though... Lucas Films, they had Fox 100% finance that. With the distribution rights to the other uh, movies, Disney also doesn't own. They have part ownership, but Fox also has huh. ownership of those and how those go about making their revenue, which I don't think Disney's too hurting for cash now. But entirely, everything with A New Hope, Disney can't really do some things with because of how that goes about with licensing and everything. This is also just more sprinkles on top of the cake here. Right. I I I don't know. I'm wondering if they're going to fold the X-Men into the Marvel Universe or if they're going to still call... I don't the... want them to. It would be too forced. Well, and like... But they can at least do call-outs. They can at least... Well, they have... can use the word mutants again, which will be nice. <laughs> Right? <laughs> Gifted. And... Yeah. Um, so, I mean, we'll see. But it's 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 definitely happening. Yeah. And then, last for me, what's not happening in 2018, so next year, is Stranger Things. It's not coming out next year? If rumors are having it, that it's probably not going to return to 2019. Which... Oh, wow. I mean, also has been confirmed, actually, Game of Thrones is 2019 as well. Oh, really? That that actually has been confirmed. With Stranger Things, it's more now of if they can get all the shoots in, if they can have everything with the kids being kid actors and everything, how that's going to go about with how amazing Stranger Things 2 is. 
to top that, right? You they, they want to put to, some time into it. Yeah, yeah, Those which are, I'm okay with. They're doing Don't that rush. with Westworld, right? The one and it's not coming out till next year. They waited. They took yeah. two years to make it because it's such an intricate story. You can't fuck that shit up or people are going to stop watching. Same with Stranger Things. You can't do two awesome seasons and then push another one out just because you want it to come out. Yeah. People will stop watching it. And then they'll get really pissed because people are into this show. (laughs) (laughs) They're really into this show. Yes, they're really into Drunk on Comics. (laughs) They're really into this show. (laughs) Yes, we don't want to mess up our continuity by making this really good. (laughs) <laughs> it's got to be shitty on, on, on all fronts. All right. So, Booze in the Book is next. Uh, as always, we like to end our show with some booze and a book. Um, so, the book this week is Paper Girls 18. Uh, I've just recently managed to catch up on this. I buy them every time they come out, but sometimes they sit in a pile and then I don't read them. So I've read all of them now. I've caught up completely. And this book is fucking crazy. Like, back, have you been reading this at all, Tony? Because you would love this because they fucking time hop like there is no tomorrow in this book. I have only read the first three it issues. Starts in the 80s. They go in the way future. Or they, starts in the 80s. They go into the late... Like, I want to say, like, 2010-ish. And then they go into the way fucking future. And then they go into the way past. And then they end up in 1999, right before Y2K happens. So they're all over the place. But the whole time, it's just these girls who were girls from the 80s. These And even though they were only paper girls for, like, a hot second at the very beginning of this book, like, they still talk about it all the time. And you still get the sense of them just being preteen girls. Like, even though they're going through all this crazy shit, it's still just these preteen girls doing this crazy shit. So Brian K. Vaughn manages to like keep that, keep their personalities, keep their age with all this other crazy shit that's going on in it. Great book. You should definitely catch up on it, especially your love of time travel. I think you would like it. Um, but I'm pairing that this week with um, a beer called Peanut Butter and Jelly. and it's from um elk brewing company here in grand rapids and that book or that beer fucking tastes like a peanut butter and jelly sandwich like have you ever had it yeah oh my god seriously it was actually i don't like a lot of peanut butter uh porters and stuff because they taste too much like peanut butter which is not natural for me to be drinking right but that one it's good it tastes mostly like jelly yeah you can definitely taste the hints of peanut yeah. butter, but it's the sweetness. And... Yes. So it's a it's a wheat beer, so you get, like, that bready taste um, with, like, a grape jelly, and then, like, the aftertaste is peanut butter. So you get, like, this full sandwich taste in your mouth, like it's some sort of fucking everlasting gobstopper or whatever the <laughs> hell that thing was in Willy Wonka. But anyway, I'm pairing these two together because, I mean, you know, kids, peanut butter and jelly, they go together, like, peanut butter and jelly. Awesome. Well, we definitely had a longer show than I thought we would. We're clocking in an hour and a half here now. What? Yeah. Time flies when we're just chatting about shit we yeah, love. Yeah, I guess. Um, whenever I think of a, a quote to, to do at the end, uh, whenever I don't have one, I think of the same fucking thing, and that is uh, help control the pet population. <laughs> have your pet spayed or neutered? And that I think of that once a week. 
Not only because it was grained in my head, but then whenever I can't think of something to kind of throw here. So that's just going to be kind of the fallback go-to. All right. I've been trying to think of, could we come up with one of like, that we just always use? Like, you know, people say, you know, don't text and drive or, you know, be careful how much you drink or you might be on dialysis. (laughs) Don't drink and drive. Well, that's a, that's a given though. (laughs) But anyway, I think all of these are given. <laughs> All right. We'll stay thirsty for next week. Who knows what'll happen? 